welcome once again to Sean. What is the name of this podcast? It is Cortana's Communiques. That's right. A weekly podcast on the Halo television series on Paramount Plus. So Cortana's Communiques, the Halo podcast. Uh, we come here each week to discuss Halo, and tonight we are discussing the seventh episode of the television series, Season 1. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? Doing all right. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia? Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how's it going, my friend? Good. Excellent. And in the province of Alberta, Canada? Hey, everyone. It's Sean, and hope you're doing well. Indeed. Uh, for folks who are new to the podcast, uh, as stated, we discuss uh, each episode in depth of the television series. Uh, today is May 8th, 2022, that we are recording this. Um, we also are part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. Uh, it's a website where this podcast, among many other podcasts, can be found, including the Dark Discussions podcast, which is the flagship podcast of the News Network and has been around for almost 12 years. Um, this podcast here can be found on two feeds. It can be found on the Cortana's Communi- uh, Communique, the Halo podcast feed, wherever podcasts are found. Or it can be found on the Dark Discussions podcast feed, uh, which includes uh, this podcast as well as Dark Discussions podcast. Uh, You also can listen to us directly off the website at darkdiscussions.com. And you can email us at darkdiscussions at aol.com or press the contact us link on darkdiscussions.com. And a box will fill, pop up where you can fill out and send the email. If you want us to read your email on the podcast, we will do so. And just put something like Cortana or Halo or something in the subject, and we'll know it is specifically related to this podcast. Uh, Sean, what else can people find on that website? So the other thing you can do is because this is a free podcast provided on all these different providers, we get to listen to and enjoy all this wonderful episodes and fun, good stuff that you guys provide. Um, there is an option on the called the Patreon, which you can click the button and it'll take you to Patreon where you can, for every $5 a month that you contribute towards the podcast, of course, this is your choice or whatever. There's no one forcing you. But if you do decide to have the financial wherewithal to be able to donate to $5 a month, uh, you will again get to put a movie choice that you would like to have reviewed by the gang in. And the quarter, at the quarter, each point, uh, all those movies will go into the raffle bin and Whoever gets their movie picked will get to have it reviewed. And uh, the more money, so every $5 you do donate, you get a movie pick. So if you put in, say, $15 a month, then you get three picks. And with those picks, you can mix them up or you can have them all as one movie. It's all up to you. So, But the nice thing is it's nice to kind of give back to uh, you guys because it's not free to do all of this stuff. So it's a, it's a nice way to try and contribute and give back for all the time and effort that you guys put in every week. And uh, if you uh, do uh, get that episode uh, recorded, which uh, is a good chance you will, we don't have too many uh, Patreon subscribers, Uh, we will have an episode on Dark Discussions podcast 
uh, or possibly even the Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews podcast, depending on uh, the type of film that you decide uh, you want us to do a episode on. And in advance, we would like to thank you for any donations that you do provide the network. Um, all right, so tonight uh, we're talking about uh, episode seven, season one of Halo from Paramount Plus, formerly known as CBS All Access. Uh, the episode is called Inheritance. It was released on May 5th, 2022. Uh, the director was someone named Jessica Lowry, and the episode was written by Stephen Kane, who is one of the two showrunners for season one. Uh, it should be noted that both Stephen Kane and Kyle Killen, who was the other showrunner, will not be back for season two. Uh, and season two has already been grin-litted. Uh, no further information uh, is noted at this time. Um, all right. So uh, for folks who are new to the podcast or aren't, uh, once again, we critique and review. So we spoil her completely. We're assuming that anybody who's listening to this podcast has already watched this episode and is interested in the show and, and Halo in general and just wants to hear uh, basically other people's opinions, thoughts, uh, assumptions and reviews on what they just themselves have watched. And that's and, what we're here to do. Yes, Mike. And speaking of opinions, I would love to hear some opinions. I mentioned, I think it was in the last episode. I really want to hear from the, like the Halo vets. What are they? What were they expecting from the show? Have they gotten what they're wanting for the show? If they haven't, are they, you know, still with it? Are they? Uh, well, I imagine they would be if they're listening to this podcast. Um, but you know, I, have you have you like you start rolling with the punches? You know, have you uh, accepted the new direction? Are you enjoying it or not? Um, but I'd also like to hear from... Oh, hold on. Cat on the keyboard. Okay. Um, I'd also love to hear from, from people who like are not Halo people, if anyone is out there listening to us and watching the show, that are maybe coming with absolutely no baggage whatsoever and therefore have no expectations, and therefore maybe viewing episodes such as tonight's with a different lens. <laughs> Um, and yeah, and that's a fair point. Um, I, I wouldn't be uh, all that unhappy to hear from folks. And uh, I would like to hear what they think of the series as well, season one, uh, you know, compared to, say, uh, the Star Wars series that are on the Disney Network or the Marvel series on the Disney Network or the more popular series on Netflix like Ozark or whatnot. The, the popular... Star Trek series also on Paramount+. Plus. Yep, exactly. Um, the whatever is on HBO uh, Max that people are watching, uh, television shows there, or Apple Plus. Uh, just just curious to see uh, where uh, people feel the show is. Uh, at the moment, mm -hmm. it's now back up to 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is uh, pretty decent. Uh, Barrett, you were going to say something. Well, as a note, I am not a Halo veteran. I've very, very limitedly played the game, so I had no expectations. Just want to put that out there. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I actually played the first four games. I was a huge Halo fan. Uh, and then there was a, a period where I stopped playing video games for a bit for because I had some children and, and um, uh, got married and things of like that. Were you playing, that. like, Far Cry 4 while your wife was in labor or something? I thought... 
Oh, uh, it's it's possible. Uh, uh, actually, wasn't it Far Cry Five? Isn't that the one? Uh, I don't know. Oh um, no, you're right. Yeah, Far Cry Three and Four were when my kids were born, and then Far Cry Five. You can age your what, children by it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> was, was the one that I played for literally three years straight, um, almost uh, daily. And when and when the batteries and the controller died, he had to watch an episode of The Office. <laughs> but uh, anyway, anyway. Uh, but um, yeah. So uh, we'll. Uh, uh, but yeah, then I stopped playing Halo for a bit. But then I picked it up with the most recent one. I think it's Halo Six, uh, which is Infinite, and that's really good. Uh, it's great, great uh, game. Um, since the Covenant had been demised by then, uh, they have the the new group, which was the spinoff that broke away from the Covenant. I guess in episode five of the game series, and they're called the. Uh, oh shoot! Uh, it's another religious name. Uh, the banished, the banished, or something like that. They're called, but they're uh, because they it was like the Lutherans breaking away from the Catholics or something. Um, so uh, it's good, good game for sure. Um, so yeah, like Mike, Mike said and Barrett said. Uh, definitely send those emails in. We, we want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, we have the full we have the full range of people just on this podcast too. So we're, we're all at different levels of Halo uh, lore. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and uh, for folks who are familiar with the the real Halo lore, um, uh, there is a, a videos on YouTube that you can look up, and uh, one that was like an hour long that I sent over to Sean. My co-host Sean, and uh, he checked it out. He said it was really good. Uh, also, as Barrett has mentioned, there's, there's books out there as well uh, that are interesting, and he's actually reading one right now. So uh, there's a whole lot of stuff. Uh, the series is so popular that at one point Steven Spielberg was linked to uh, um, movies. They were thinking of doing movies. Um, and so, so uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, all right, so let's get into our, our thoughts on Inheritance. Uh, that's the name of the episode, and uh, we can go around um, the, the the table here, and then uh, we'll mention some uh, reviews I read after the fact by you know just regular reviewers, uh, whether they were bloggers or big companies like Variety or Hollywood um, Hollywood Reporter or whatever. Uh, so let's start with you, Mike. Yeah. So I just watched it today, and. Um... It was an episode. Um, that's about the best I can say for it. It's not a bad episode it, it, necessarily. It's just, you know, we've gotten this far. We're not invested. I, I, wait, I am not that invested in Quan's story. Um, it starts off with a flashback that I didn't care about. It apparently in the, uh, week that we took off Soren has made it all the way back home and I, I no explanation exactly how he managed to that do that um and, and it kind of finally connects sort of it tells us the thing that I think we're supposed to assume is how it connects to um the master chief story although he does have a nice cameo to reciprocate uh her uh her appearing in his dream sequence, he, he appears in her dream sequence this week. Uh, but I think this all could have been tightened a lot um, and tied much more directly or more overtly to the main story. And this is a 
recurring theme, and I don't know how many times, you know, how, how much more we can say, I can say about that. So, it was an okay episode, but definitely one I imagine if somebody's rewatching this on a binge, I can foresee a lot of people just skipping this. All right, sounds good. Uh, yeah, for me, um, uh, a couple of interesting points that you made, Mike, um, and uh, one of them uh, was was specifically brought up by Barrett offline to me uh, through text, which uh, I concurred, which was um, how did Soren get back home? So the last time we had seen him, he had gotten knocked out by Quan, and then suddenly we see him back at his home base. And that was major confusion. Uh, another thing I, I spoke to uh, um, Sean uh, offline through text as well was uh, they could have probably cut two to three episodes of this season and just made it like a six episode season without any of the Quan stuff at all, except maybe at the, maybe, you know, the beginning of episode one and two and that's it. And just never had her appear again after he drops her off at Soren's place. Um, and we could have had a great season so far um, because yeah, Mike has a point. This isn't a bad episode in the sense that, you know, it's, has interesting things and it's entertaining in a sense, but it's not Halo and it's not anything to do with the characters we care about, which are the characters from the real lore, not the, the made up fan fiction ones by our showrunners. Uh, so it doesn't have Cortana or, or, or really master chief, except as dream sequences, as Mike mentioned, um, the, story is choppy with Quan's flashback and then Soren, like we said, just appearing back at his home base and then Soren's lame story with squirrel. Um, it's just a, a really bad episode for the story of halo and the season. Um, and, and I, I think it would have been better off to just cut the entire Quan stuff completely. If they, this may be a problem with CBS um, or, or Showtime or Paramount or whatever you want to say because they're all the same, which is what they did with The Stand as well is they give a lot of money and they have faith in their showrunners and they don't have a, a group of people who maybe not be present look at the material before it's finally released and someone like any of us, I would think, would say, okay, yeah, just cut these three episodes out. We'll, we'll consider it a loss. Um, and it is what it is. Um, so, yeah, this episode was unfortunate. Uh, let's go with you, Sean. Okay. Well, before I start my rant, uh, I just wanted to say uh, for the the video that you had sent to me that gives the whole complete story and timeline of lore of Halo all the way through to Infinite, the video is uh, done by the channel Die Hard GG. It's an hour long and it is worth your time. Because I would say I would have rather watched that than this episode. That's just me. Uh, as for the episode itself, I thought it was the worst of the season. Uh, I tried to watch it the first time. I fell asleep. I woke up and I was very mad because then I had to actually still watch it. <laughs> um, I just, I didn't enjoy it. I thought it was trying to take tropes from other successful franchises but it didn't do 
um, what those franchises did successfully with those tropes or whatever. Um, just like we said, this ap- this episode didn't really need to happen. And it just seems like in a season when you only have nine episodes, that you would want to make sure that each of those ap- episodes matters. And again, this is just me and other people, you know, may, are enjoyed. And if they do, then great. Um, but it just felt like it was such a waste. I'm not invested in these characters. And the character that I was sort of invested in, in Soren, you just like watered him down so much that I don't care. And if if he's collateral damage for uh, the Quan storyline leaving, I will pay it at this point because I really just don't care. And it's sad because the last two episodes were really, really strong episodes. And it's like you just cut yourself at the knees doing this episode, killing the momentum that you built. And yeah, so anyways, I apologize. I was just, yeah, <laughs> it was not a great episode. All right, sounds good. Uh, let's go with you, Bert. Uh, yeah, terrible episode. Um, if this was a show about Quan and was not about Halo, this episode would have been just fine by itself. Um, but from cutting of the episode was very just misshapen. Um, I didn't know what was going on. I wasn't sure if Soren was seeing a past or if it was him currently getting back on the asteroid. That was really poorly explained. Um, and her whole dream sequence, uh, blah, but it did not work for me. I think it might've worked better if it had played earlier in the season, but as one of the last three episodes, terrible placement, terrible, terrible placement. It really just killed their momentum going into the penultimate ep- episode. All right. Sounds good. Um, yeah, most, uh, reviewers, uh, we're very harsh on this episode as well. Uh, I read about four to six. I can't remember. It's been in the past few days. And all of them are, are major outlets. And they, they all pretty much uh, said the, the same things we said. Uh, now, before we, we, we start talking about it and, and talk about the choppiness, as you mentioned, Barrett, and, and some of the unfortunate things about it, let me ask you this. Um, to, to, as a devil's advocate, if we, we, we've all seen Game of Thrones, and we know that Game of Thrones had an ensemble cast much bigger than this one, but still an ensemble cast. This has an ensemble cast. And in Game of Thrones, generally, they would have an hour episode, and there would be you know 15 minutes here, five minutes there, 20 minutes there, three minutes here, you know, whatever. So, so they had a bunch of storylines all in the same episode. So generally you know they maybe had one or two that just focused on one character like like the wall or something with Jon Snow but otherwise they always had you know they would have Cersei's here and then they would have have uh, Sansa here and so on and so forth would this episode or Quan's storyline be better if they mixed it in with the main storyline instead of having these weird standalone episodes that they keep on having for the Quan slash Soren storylines. It would help. It would help. I don't, I still think I would not really 
enjoy the story because I don't think they did a good enough job connecting it to the main storyline. I mean, I never felt like that in Game of Thrones. I felt like every storyline was either coming together or those characters were important. I don't feel that with her. And so it's really hard for me to say that it would be better, but I do think that it would be better if they had interspersed all of this throughout the whole season. They just wasted a whole episode of everyone's time. Nobody, nobody's going to want to watch this episode ever again. <laughs> so, well, for the actress's opinion. parents will be interested. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> I think I would. I pointed out. With, I think we talked about this, Phil. But it feels like they're making her like. Because she's still like considered like I would consider her, like a kid friendly character for a kid a show that's not kid friendly. Yeah. So it yeah. makes so if you made a separate show that was the Quan show, set in the Halo universe, but it's for kids and it's a kids show and it's kid story writing or whatever, that would be fine. But when you're putting in <laughs> with adult violence, <laughs> very adult violence, it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. And, I, you know, maybe if they had better writing and, like, again, because this is like, well, so we've talked about this before. This has nothing to do with the actress. Nope. Nothing to do with her. Nothing to do with. Not even uh, the director. It's the writer. <laughs> it's the writer. Because the writer, I don't know what they're on. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, the, yeah, sorry. That's, I just, oh. I think that's the thing, right? Is that. The the actress has nothing to do. It's not her fault. She's doing the best she can with stuff that isn't great. Well, let me ask another devil's advocate question, similar to the Game of Thrones comparison. Uh, now, a lot of reviewers, and you even mentioned it, Sean, that this episode kind of, uh, if not rips off, tries to emulate Mad Max as well as Dune. Oh, it so felt like that. That's yeah. Oh, the Dune, Sean Dune, too. definitely. I, yeah. I, I didn't quite now, get the Mad Max because I know they're, they're they're going with the women in the desert, but that's that's not an, a new trope. Him in the car and with the sandstorm and walking out the car. Oh, okay, yeah. That just felt so Mad Maxy to me. That whole scene in the car. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, so either way, that you know, maybe you know, it, to degrees whether it's a lot or a little, you know, it has some of these other things in it. But my question was like specifically related to the Dune storyline. Now we, we've seen the Dune story now written three times for, for film once for, for the sci-fi network and twice for motion picture. And the actor that is always starred as the lead in Dune um, has always been in his twenties generally. And the the thing with the character, the character is supposed to be much younger in the book, just as in Game of Thrones, Sansa and and um, the sister. What's what's the sister's name? Uh, Sansa's sister. Arya. Arya are both much younger in the book, but the actresses were were older teenagers, and then you know were in their close to twenty or in their twenties by the time the ending of the show. Um, with Quan being what I'm believing is a much younger actress than either any of the stars of Dune or Game of Thrones that were supposed to be portrayed as younger. This actress is actually playing the age of the character that she's supposed to play. If they had how old? How the, old okay, I'm, I'm maybe I'm lost here. How old is yeah. she? Well, let's look it up. 
All right. So she is. Um, let me find a character listed in the first place. Uh, Quan. Where is Quan? Uh, here she is. Uh, Yaren Ha is of the age of. Believe it or not. It doesn't list her name here. I, I, oh, at age 15, Ha successfully auditioned for some. All right, so blah, 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 she went on to graduate. So, all right, so she could be 22. All right. Right, so I, I never got right. the sense huh. that she was a kid. Okay. I was I, always under I, the impression she was like a... Uh, even in the like show, the character. Yeah, the character I pictured as being like 18 or 19. Yeah. Okay, all right, so you see that. All right, then, then let me retract what I was going to get at because... I honestly, for some reason, felt she was much younger. Don't ask me why, but you may be right. She may be early 20s. But what my point was is that had they cast someone that was much older or that looked older, would the role not feel kid-like? You know. But if you're already saying that she is supposed to be around 18 or 19 in the TV show anyway, her character, then I guess it doesn't matter. No, well, I think one of the things is this is all demographics, I think, and this is nothing new, contrary to popular opinion. Um, they would always make sure there's a reason why family shows were big in the early days of TV, because they felt like you had to have a character for mom, a character for dad, and a character for the kid in the family. Right. Always was. They always thought that people don't want to watch somebody who doesn't look like them. And I have, and I said this, I think, in the pilot episode or the first episode, that Quan just reeks of someone who is there, so that um, they had, they can sell it to the Asian market a little better. That's what it feels like to me. And the Asian market has a ton of money. Yep. So, um, yeah, that that really would not shock me if that's the case. And I, I don't know why they're doing it. I think Halo is Halo. I don't think this is a case the showrunners doing what they want to do. I do think it's a case of the network saying we need to have a story that has this, that, and the other thing. Or they may not even have to say it because it's so internalized in the way Hollywood does everything. Yeah. And by Hollywood, I'm not necessarily saying Hollywood specifically in that geographic location. I'm talking about the entertainment industry. They talk about, you know, do, do you hit the four quadrants? Do you hit... Um, you know, all the, the demos in terms of age, in terms of gender, in terms of ethnicity, right? You've got to have a little bit of everything in there. And that, that inherently is, I'm not going to say is necessarily a bad thing, um, it, but they start coming up with things strictly for hitting that demographic when the story maybe doesn't necessarily lend itself in. And they just did not have not done a good job of folding that story into the main story. And so what's the big revelation here? 40 minutes, 45 minutes, 50 minutes, I don't even know how long this episode is, um, of episode just to get to the fact that she's the guardian of the portal. Now, you know and I know, or we're pretty damn sure, that the portal is going to be a portal to Halo, right, to the Halo world. Why are we waiting to episode seven to get to this point? And exactly how is an 18-year-old girl going to be guarding the Halo other than the fact that she has Master Chief's gun? Right. Right? I mean, there, there's, you're, you're, you're going through th that whole thing was so Dune bullshit. She blows up the, the, 
the pipeline and it rains on Arrakis. I, I, oh, I mean, was this even a thing in the show where, oh, the, where the people were suffering from drought or is this a, a world where water never fell? It was because it's played to have like some religious significance in a world that we, we didn't realize. Remember, she was a, get left alone for a day out in the middle of a desert with no water. She was fine. Yep. So yeah, yeah, and 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 I swore when they when they found the first artifact in the episode one, it was it was not all deserty over there. No, it, it wasn't. Was, it was like yeah. shrubs and bushes yeah. and stuff that were in yeah. the rocks. Yeah, the exactly. Rocks whatever, so yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, I I I I feel. You, and, and maybe that's why these three episodes. In other words, when I say three episodes, the the show season one could have been six episodes if you got rid of all the Quan slash Thorn stuff. But by adding it in, maybe maybe it was the producers that wanted that. Like you said, it wasn't the showrunners, and the showrunners just were forced to do it. I I, I don't know. That's, and, that's a fair I point. Know, and a lot of shows. I know this is the case with um, you know, like a lot of the. the the, the shows, the Star Wars and uh, Disney shows uh, on Marvel and Star Wars, they can do a lot in post-production, right? They can do a lot with editing. Um, they can do a lot. And uh, Game of Thrones was another one where they they would film all these segments separately because they're filming everything on location. And then they would edit them together later and figure out, like, where does this Arya segment go? Where does this Tyrion segment go? You know, where does this Jamie segment go? Which episode? They would all like kind of – so it wasn't really – always written and filmed in one way, right? Um, to be an episode. I wouldn't be surprised if they just decided to pull as much out and stuff it in this episode. Just one for the coherence of its own story. And two, it just would drag down everything else. So just have that one story that nobody's going to care about. And let the yeah. other stories benefit from its absence. <laughs> Yeah, right. it would have brought down the other, the last two episodes if there were pieces of it in there. So, yeah, I can see that logic as well. I, I think if they had just dispensed with a lot of the bullshit um, and trying to make her into our third prophesized religious individual, it's like, oh, it's, you can't, you know, Master Chief should be a special character. Right. And, he's just, and, he's, and you're, you're making him a blessed one. Okay. Now we got a blessed one. We got another blessed one, and we've got a prophesized one, and uh, or whatever. It just and her having one. yeah, her having that connection to him feels off when he's already got this connection to the woman that's with the aliens. So right. it kind of pulls that away a little bit, and I think it cheapens it. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe next episode we can find that Soren is a blessed one and Halsey's a blessed one and <laughs> everyone's a blessed one. Well, and it was really hard like watching that dream sequence and thinking that her fighting Master Chief just seemed stupid to me. So it was I actually kind of found that funny because it, it went exactly how you would expect. It did, um, but it was dumb. It was just a waste of my time. I just didn't want to even watch it because it was dumb. Sorry. I feel no, pretty strongly about it. <laughs> no, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, well, well uh, this, the, yeah, see, see, the thing is, is that Halo 
the, the video game and the universe that has been created around it is known as military science fiction. And obviously there's religious elements in the, the, the video games because of the covenant believe they're um, a religious group and there's their God and all that other stuff. And, you know, maybe, maybe they're right. Maybe that's correct. But unfortunately their religion wants to wipe out bystanders, which happen to be humans. So, that obviously there's going to be fights, you know, and even in, in the real world, there's religions and some people believe that, you know, there, there's miracles and whatnot, but generally it's mostly faith and what you think in your mind and how you communicate with your God in your mind. Um, and that's how it is. So in the video games, most of that is exactly that, which is, the religion is there, but it's the faith of the aliens, not any miracles or supernatural elements that necessarily occur. And for some reason, this show is now trying to add elements to a, a military science fiction show that aren't necessarily needed or, or should be there. Or working. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and you know, another really big problem with this episode I had was that you have this cartoonish bad guy who's barely been in the show. So I really had, I, yeah, I, I hate him because he shoots people in the head in one scene. And then there's an assassin he sends who never appears again. And yeah, he true. goes to that's kill true. her with this huge crew of people. And he just is basically turded. I mean, they all die with no chance. It's just, it's ridiculous and plot-wise for me. I'm just and like, see, whatever. A, and I will well, go with you on that, Barrett, because it's a waste of a good actor who yeah. has a lot of skill and versatility. That if you've given his character more than the twirly mustache evil, you could have done so much more. Like, you, we have no idea what his actual real motivations are for anything other than he kills. Right. Well, that's it. I, and yeah, I, I felt this was very weird, too, because it's based off of... Uh, our introduction to him, he seemed like he was a very powerful leader on the planet and not just, um, you know, you know, a, a leader of some minor fiefdom. And so, you know, we, we've seen very villainous people in history, never mind, quote unquote, good people in history as well, that aren't there fighting their own battles. They send people to die. So whether it's it's evil people like Putin or Osama bin Laden or Hitler or Stalin or whatever, they're not in the front lines, and they're not the ones fighting. They are sending. They have generals that then send soldiers to do the bidding, and then of course they have spy networks and such too. And even the even the quote unquote good folk, whether it's um, you know Roosevelt. Uh, Franklin Roosevelt or Churchill or or any any other military uh, president or chancellor or prime minister, they aren't there fighting the battles. They have generals and advisors that send. No, but but it'd be funny. But it'd be funny if it, it'd be funny if it was right. Yeah. Like, in this corner, Winston Churchill, the British bulldog. <laughs> well, well, here's another thing. And, 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 and that's Hitler. And, and, well, and that's my point, is that why is this Vasho, or whatever his name is, the villain, 
actually there. It's yeah, why does he even care about her? Honestly, why, why, why did Kirk go on all the away missions? Right, it's just because that's the person they're paying to do it. And I do still get the sense that uh, Miranda's a uh, no, sorry, Madrigal is kind of a backwater. So yeah. I don't know that he has a lot. I mean, I was appreciated the fact that he brought an army with him, and he didn't just show up one on one to get Quan. But that made right. it even more unbelievable that they took out this whole army. And why did he want to kill her so badly to begin with? She was everybody that she well, knew was dead. Yeah, I know. And, and, and Barrett made an excellent point, which is we had this woman assassin who was an interesting character that we discussed about uh, a pretty decent amount when she appeared a couple of episodes ago and she just poof she's gone so i mean why i mean she, she was successful and she killed the aunt so why isn't she back or and other assassins back you know the boba fetts if you prefer the greedos why aren't they out there after hunting her. and why yeah. is he sitting in an army after this one girl it's yeah. kind of ridiculous. well, well we, and all of this could... would have required them to establish the character maybe establish a reason why he has because i have no problem with characters being irrational characters behaving irrationally yeah so maybe come up with a give us a backstory or give us a just give us a story tell us the story <laughs> of why it is that that he hates this particular family so much um, what does he know? Like, wait, what does he know? Does he know anything about this portal that she's supposed to protect? This this uh, sacred sect of white-haired women in the desert uh, just feels like such oh, so out of place to me. And yeah. and honestly, I think in order to do Quan's story justice, you got to tell Quan's story, and nobody cares. Nobody's tuning in for the Quan story. People are right. tuning in. <laughs> Right for they're tuning in for Master Chief, right. and they, <laughs> and, I, Cortana. and and I don't. You could just as easily have done this, um, by doing something earlier in the, the very first episode, where there is an artifact on that world that that we later discover is a portal, and that requires them to go back, and that you could bring the Quan character back to the story that way into the fold. But you could have really just left the whole story until they needed to get to the portal. Right? Yeah, it's just a bad yeah. sign when nobody likes the story. Nobody cares. Not, not that I didn't like. I liked some of the action. I thought the action was cool. It just was not well explained. Nothing yeah, or, was well explained. Or just pull the Band-Aid off. Tell us why she's special way back in that first episode. We're the keepers of the portal. We're the guardians of the portal. Where's the portal to? We don't know. No one's right. ever gone through it. No one's been able to go through it. Yep. And, and they're also therefore the leaders of the rebellion, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and then, oh, I've seen the vision of the halo. I think, and, and I saw the, in my vision, because Master Chief had his vision. You saw the vision. You saw the halo. And I think the portal is how we get there. Oh, I can activate the uh, the artifacts. Maybe I can activate the portal. Quan, show us where the portal is. You have a purpose right. now. Well, and, and Mike, that that's that's all really good points because it's like to to for, for us, the audience, never mind this big reveal. It's like we we're just assuming they're they're miners that were were, were sent there. You know, maybe, maybe you know, forty, fifty years ago or something, and now we're finding out they've been there since the forerunners, or, or pretty, or or 
something. It was something, it was just weird the whole thing. And it's like also that now that we're finding out that oh they're they're watchers of the portal and there was nothing in any of the earlier episodes that was it at least a Chekhov's gun or nothing establishes anything. any of this right. stuff. Right. It's just, right. And again, you, you can have a chosen one and because I, with all due deference to, to where we are in gender politics right now, we are largely a ginger, uh, binary gender species. So chosen two, one male, one female also makes sense. A chosen trio. Not so much. Doesn't quite work. Um, and before someone points out, uh, you know, yes, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I, I get it. There's there's trinities, um, but we have a third party here who just just does not seem to quite mesh. Well. One of these is not quite like the other. The others. Well, and if you use history <laughs> triumvirates, don't work. They right. work. And, and again, <laughs> and, and again, again we're, we're here to watch military science fiction, Halo universe, not Dune. Well, and you would think that this was a major plot line in the games. Because they act like we should already know what's going on. Right. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. I I mean, we know about the Forerunner. I don't even know if they've explained the Forerunners well enough. They haven't. They haven't. haven't. Yeah, Yeah, they've explained nothing. Yeah, so so for folks who aren't familiar with the the video game, they're probably saying, what what the hell's a Forerunner? What are they talking about? So it is unfortunate. it's it's really, you know, I'm just gonna say it. It's it's really really bad um, storytelling, or lazy well, storytelling, or both. Well, one of the things, and I've I had mentioned this a long time ago on the podcast, but it was a great lesson that's kind of stuck with me. Uh, I can't remember the real name of the writer. He he, he writes under the pseudonym of uh, I think the Incredible Hulk, but uh, he made a really good point about. Uh, story structure and flashbacks and uh so bear with me if you've been a longtime listener to the dark discussions podcast and have heard this before but the movie finding nemo originally the character you're not supposed to find out about the backstory to nemo and marlin until the end of the story because that was the surprise they wanted a surprise they wanted a shock twist at the end right is that you know his mother was killed and the father watched it happen. And that's why he's so overprotective and praise be to God. The writers realized if you don't understand the lead character, Marlin point of view, he just comes across as an asshole for the entire film. And when you (laughs) reveal it, it doesn't make him likable. Right. Right. And, and we do. And I've noticed this in so many films and and TV shows where they, they hold on to important information from the audience because they want to give a shocking surprise and revelation. Ignore the fact that all of this is online because it's just all adapting so a pre-existing story. So ain't nobody going to be shocked know-how. Um, you're just letting this dangle over the audience and leaving them kind of confu- – no, leaving them. Leaving me confused. Me right? too. And, and, and yeah, so – this is this is bad story structure, but it's bad story structure that's become way too commonplace. Well, and you know, when they show Soren on the asteroid, we've had enough flashbacks in this show. It's really hard to tell that he's in present time, right? Because they so... start well, because they started with flashbacks, and the last time we left him was stuck in the middle of the desert, hitting the back of the head. 
Right. And so now suddenly he's back there, and it's like, what the heck? Well, I think they do show him with a bruise on the back of his head, and I think they expected us to pick up that that was, therefore, following that incident. But it it didn't necessarily click. I could, could because of the structure, as you said. And he's describing events that, you know, we, we now know, in, in hindsight, is a complete lie. Um, that he didn't, you know, that he, there was no blowing up of battleships and flying into four-winged birds or anything. So he goes, <laughs> your ship to go down. They were just afraid to admit he was beat up by a little girl. Um, but at the moment, yeah, it was, it was just off-putting. Yeah. Why did they just have Soren suddenly be back on the asteroid instead of instead because of Because I don't think there was there was not there was not enough story. So they had to tell more of a story with Soren. <laughs> and then because right because I I mean I have no idea how this episode got put together. Um I don't know if like Soren was originally uh still on the world and then just caught up with her. Um but they they needed a full 43 minutes of this, and so they needed to have him something to do. And so what they do is they do the story with Squirrel to show that he's a badass, so that way when he does show up, we don't know if he's there to show up to protect um, protect Quan or whether he's there to to turn her in. Because now they've added ambiguity because he dropped a box on this guy's toes. Um, and that's, by the way, I'll also make the point. They are not giving me a morally complex character. They're giving me a character that swings from pure and noble to being a dick. <laughs> and, and and with without much reason or justification for why he's a dick to this one person and then the, the, the shining knight to the other, right? I, I just um, – I don't find it – again, it's writing, not the actor. It's just inconsistent characterization in my opinion. <laughs> but I can't believe that they would not think that – Everybody would say this is the stupidest thing that we just saw him get knocked out, and then now we don't know how he got back. And well, because they took a week off, and in that week he healed. <laughs> but <laughs> but that, just shows, that just shows you how bad. But that that's that's bad editing. That is that's, yeah, yeah. that's straightforward bad editing. Um, and you know you could have easily just fixed it with a you know present day. <laughs> you know, well, and it's not just bad <laughs> editing though. Whoever went over this episode to release it should have said something. Well, but right. one of the problems is they know what they're doing, and you have to be able to be clued in to the the audience's viewpoint. And but sometimes you can be so aware of what you're trying to do, you're not aware that you're n- not getting it across. And like I have sometimes have that problem in teaching is that I know what I'm trying to say, and I don't know why I can't get this. Do students aren't following it because it makes perfect sense to me. You know, yeah. so to them, they may not, they just, well, we, yeah, of course it's going to be obvious that this is a, um, that this is they're, a flashback. They're very flashback. lucky they had two very strong episodes right before this. Eh. Because this helps. might have been an episode, if it had come in at like four or five, I might have really been just like, why am I watching this? Um, and, and. Yeah, I, I mean, I could see that. I mean, I've I've given up on shows and movies and books um, that just haven't like compelled 
me with interest or it's just poor story writing, at least in my opinion. And I'm like, eh, I can, I can do better somewhere else. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's just a strange thing. Like, like, like I said, with me and Sean, we were talking offline and it says like, I, I mean, they could have just wiped all this away and gone with six episodes, you know? And well, and every- I mean, how much of this is really, um, taking up time i mean i don't you've had this episode so that's one but, 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 but eight. do we do you think there's enough episode material in the previous episodes and episodes two through well, so, because the quant yeah, yeah, stuff yeah, in the yeah. first episode was yeah, all right, necessary. All right, all right. There, there was yeah. the, there was there's two episodes for it there was this one here and there's the one that it had the assassin in it right they could have wiped those two episodes gone poof and then you could probably remove but there was other stuff in those episodes those weren't the entire episode yeah, yeah, that's fair. They, I mean, they could they could have probably. Yeah, well, then, then they should then they what they should have done was just remove the whole Quan story after episode two, and and shrunk it down to seven episodes maybe. Yeah, um, when when they dropped her off and left her at the asteroid, I think would have been the perfect time to end her character's arc, yep. and move on to the real story. That's how I feel, Mike. I, I mean. I th- oh, I think, no, I, that's what I'm yeah, saying. If you had yeah. introduced this idea that there was a there, that there's an artifact there, they didn't even have to say it was a portal, um, and that is the, and that's you know they just say like the reason that the um, the covenant was attacking is because they have artifacts, and this the new artifact was only one of them. That there's this other artifact here. Yep. And nobody knows what it's for. And then in this, and then you could have dropped. Quan off with Soren for safekeeping, right? Mm-hmm. Went away from her, come back and said, oh, have that vision, seize the portal. Oh, I know what it is. We have to go back and come up with, a, if you want to make Quan an important part of the story going forward, then just come up with a bullshit reason why they need her to access the portal. Right? But then that saves time. You don't have to do this whole story about a revolution that is going nowhere with the villain who is the most villainous villain that's ever villained because there's not a scene in the, the, the show where he's not got his, his mustache firmly twixt his fingers getting twirled. So true. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, is, yeah. There, is there one, I mean that where he's not a complete raging asshole? No, no, he's always like that. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 he looked like he was going to be a, an important st- story arc as a villain, and <laughs> and 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 he, he's gone already. He's dead. And, and also, we don't want to see this villain anyway. We want to, and, and to be honest, not not that the Mackie story has been bad because it's been pretty decent, but we want to see the Covenant. Yep, and that's the villain that we want to see. Right. We want to see the aliens and the humans fighting. Right. Yeah. You know, and and again, you know, you know, if the, if this was brand new, didn't have a built-in audience, and it didn't have a really good um, um, story already, then okay. But that's the problem: is that it's. Um, yeah, it's it's 
it's the problem. Sorry, and and Felicia, you know, I we don't. I don't like being negative. I really hate. Like, I hate it too. Bitching on on the podcast. We, we do this for fun. And okay, admittedly, there is there is some fun for when something is really really bad. You can have fun with it. This is isn't even interesting enough to really just make fun of it. You know, it's just totally agree. It's just dull. It's just it's just unengaging, uninteresting, cliched. poorly crafted, poorly crafted, poorly or poorly crafted. Clearly, I mean, cliched because it's ripping off much better material, but it's ripping it off in a way that makes no sense. It doesn't integrate it well. Star Wars ripped off Dune. Yep. Right, that the whole oh, point of Tatooine yep. was ripping off, yep. was, was there to rip off Dune. They talk about spice, but it's a small part of the film, and it's integrated in a way that if you'd never that that it it makes sense. This whole thing of this prophesized protector of the family who brings water, I don't get it. I don't. I mean, there was there wasn't a prophecy, but when she's talking to her ancestors now, I yep. uh, well, so, and 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 also, Mike. And I'll go back to the source material. It, it, that's not not the source material. I mean, and again, I understand this is its own product, but it's based off of a source material. So Star Wars was brand new, even if it was taking th- analogies from other things. Fine. Uh, we know Mad Max took from a boy and his dog. That's fine. But they're they're in brand new universes. Right. This here is a universe that's already been created, and none of this type of stuff fits in that universe that's already been created. Right. It's an ill fit. Right, right. Exactly. And, and I understand fit. that there's certainly – yes, you do have that religious aspect, but you have not explained the religious aspect well enough to the audience, by which I mean me, um, for me to like feel like these – this weird cult out in the middle of nowhere – makes any sense. Yep. Well, and right. nobody wants, I mean, I'm interested in the alien religion stuff. I'm not really interested in the human religion stuff. Right. But there's right. still, I think it's still the same aliens. I th- still think she's talking to the, the forerunners or whoever it is that the. Yeah, um, I think so too, but it's not, but, but then, then give us some context in this world. Yep. And I, and again, I don't I don't feel they've done it. Um, right, right. Well, and that's cool. That's what's kind of cool about the Halo is that, like I said before, you have these religious folk or, or aliens, fanatics or otherwise, and not to poo-poo whether they're right or wrong, but they believe they're right. And the problem is we're, you know, looking at the human perspective, and the human perspective shows them saying, all right, they're a problem because they're going to try to kill everybody because they think killing everybody brings everybody to a new heaven or something. So we can't have this happen. So whether they're just uh, cranks or or real, it doesn't matter. And also their religion, they are praying and whatever, but they pray similar to like the Catholics or the the, the Muslims or anybody, which is they aren't creating miracles that we see the miracles are you know their own beliefs and their own faith and stuff so the the, the religion's there but it's not supernatural it's just the religion so why are they trying to make it supernatural these new supernatural things 
in this well, that's but that's getting back to the was a Clark the Doom thing, right? the, the any science sufficiently advanced would appear like magic. So I can imagine that that beings as like the forerunners might appear yeah. to be religious figures, and the artifacts, which are which are super advanced technology, might appear to be holy relics to the covenant. So right. I, I so I get that the idea that some humans, you know, with who are white, all have black women with white hair because it's a really weirdly specific uh, religion you got there. Um, <laughs> it's just, um, I, I can get that they would fall, that they would, they would, you know, start to, to worship the forerunners the same way the covenant has just in yeah. their own particular way. Um, but but that, know, again, it's not the we, halo we, that we know. Well, it's, it's not, well, again, I'm, I'm not coming from from the point of view it's the Halo that I know or don't know because I've played one game. Uh, I have no idea exactly, no matter how many times you, we've gone over it, you know, how yeah, yeah, the, yeah. De- the specific details of how the universe has advanced and evolved and what little nooks and crannies have been explored in the novels and the comics and the, 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 the spin-off games and all the rest. And I don't mind them adding to their own lore. You know, you can add things that enrich as well. And, you know... This could very easily fit, but you haven't established it enough. You have not established the facts of this universe enough to play around with it. First, you have to build the sandbox. Then you play in the sandbox. And it feels like they're trying to play in the sandbox, and the audience still doesn't know what the parameters of the sandbox are, what is and what is not allowed, what this, you know, what the artifacts are, what they represent, you know, what's... Uh, we really need a lot more to know about, and for that, really, we need to know more about the Covenant, which we haven't gotten. And if only we had someone who is there talking to our main characters who could possibly give them the point of view of what the, what the, uh, the Covenant is and what they believe and why they believe it. Oh, wait, we did that last episode where we could have done that, but we didn't. Right. Yeah, I, I think it would be more interesting if they had these exposition moments and reveals of why the covenant are doing what they're doing, because the covenant is, is oddly the most interesting aspect of the whole series. Uh, what do you think about that, Sean? Because I, I know you've watched that, that video that you mentioned yep. and, and the covenant have all these religious aspects that are quite interesting and as mike just mentioned you know they could have done that last episode where they talked about the covenant you know you would think a lot of people say well exposition is unfortunate if you if you do it too much but it kind of would have been pretty cool in this series because i want to learn more about the covenant i want to learn about the worms why they who are these worms i want to learn about um those floating um prophets i want to learn about why the grunts and all these alien races are, are friendly with each other and what unites them and all this other stuff in there so what, what's your thoughts you, you like you said you've seen the video uh well i would say the video does a far better job of explaining what's going on and what the motivations are and for the changing sides and all the stuff that this these writers are not doing and like you were saying yes too much exposition can be a bad thing but no exposition is also a bad thing and that's what it feels like it's like uh yeah they 
I'm not sure if they've openly said that they're trying to stay away specifically from what's in the the game series or the the stories or or in the the expanded universe or whatever. But it's like, like, do we have a real motivation? Because has anything actually been really explained about what is the Covenant actually doing? They haven't really done that, right? And like you just say, with McKee, like if you're going to introduce a human who's in the Covenant and it's this way, why are you not then using them to explain this stuff? And would I have a, and I know this is often on the tangent, but I have a real feeling and I think I've said it before, is that Quan is someone somehow going to be like the the one who takes out McKee or she takes out some like superior covenant uh, troop in just a ridiculous way. And you're just supposed to say, okay, but you've done nothing to build or explain why. Because again, how did she manage to get to this point? <laughs> Based on how she gets everyone else killed around her, I don't think I want to um, be on her team per se. And when you're looking at when you've got um, so much more that you could you could tell or explore, it seems they made a very weird choice to like go away from that stuff and and to choose this. This is the path we're going. Yeah. So. That pretty much sums up the, I guess the, the the issues with what what not just us again. It, it's not just the four of us that are saying this. It's it's all the big outlets that re- are reviewing the show. You know, they're specifically not not the show itself, but this specific episode and the Quan story are saying the exact same stuff that we're saying. Um, so we are not just being trolls here in a sense or whatever the term would be uh fanboys that are complaining we're, i would we're, much rather we're, like this episode than not oh like yeah it. i was really <laughs> hoping when i realized this was a fun episode i you know my thought was oh good they're finally gonna like find a way to pull this in and find a way for me to give a shit as to what's happening with this character and they did this was a this was this was this was an opportunity and they missed it. Yep. And right. and you also have and and you know by the way I also don't knowing what Halo is I don't care about the liberation of this world because there's I know this is a game not a game a story with much bigger stakes. Yep. Yes. And you know this is like you know the James Bond movie and you're, you you know I don't care about the the street thug he beat up in the you know to, to get some information the first few minutes when there's nuclear weapons about to be traded. You know, I want let's let's focus on the big picture here, and the big picture is bad people doing bad things to destroy the universe. Can we get to that story, please? Yeah. Well, and, and I do want to bring up. Uh, to be fair, it's not just a Quan story in this episode. Even the Soren stuff was yeah, lousy. Flat. It was. I mean, that whole squirrel stuff was just bizarre, and and, well, and it happens off screen, right? The yeah. There's no, there's no, because they put all their money in the fight at the end, which was fine. It was a fine fight with, with, with a big explosion at the end. I appreciate the big explosions. Yeah. Well, and he seems yeah, to get uh, hurt and then he's healed. Yeah, that's what we got to you, Barrett. Right? What it's the like, heck? Well, yeah. He's mortally wounded and the next thing he's cool. It's all good. 
Yeah, it's weird. So, I mean, they must have – if they have that kind of medical technology, I don't know why they have all the issues they're having in the war. Which – and by the way, you know, this this is when you know you have a problem when you're nitpicking, <laughs> is when you, when you start nitpicking this kind of stuff. And so um, here, here's a nitpick. Really, we're we're in the what, what century were we in here, Phil? Like the thirty five hundreds. Twenty five fifty two. Twenty five fifty two, and they they yeah. they don't have Bitcoin anymore. They're 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 using silver coins in a box. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and and I want to point out those silver coins are worth so much that it more than compensates for the spaceship that she owed him. Yeah. Um, so you could buy a spaceship for a box. I told you I was rich. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, I, again, some people may say, yeah, that's nitpicking. Oh, it, that, no, it's I, valid I that point, is, though. That is, that, is, that is totally a nitpick. Well, it's endemic through the whole episode. That's the problem. And and we came from such a high of the episode before it that now we're at this, and it's like, what the heck were they thinking? I guess I would, I, maybe they have to lower the expectations so much so that the next episode seems like magic. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, well, I don't know. It doesn't make sense for pacing, that's for sure. Well, I, I will say this. They've killed the bad guy off, her bad guy. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. She said her farewell to Soren. This feels like a resolved story to me. So yeah. I don't think she has anything left to do until she gets back in with Master Chief. Um, and that might very well be the next episode. And no, you're right. Episodes left. So again, the problem is it's not connecting to the main story. If they find a way to make her relevant, great. But I don't even want to see her with Master Chief because I care so little. I care less about her story now than I did at the beginning. Okay. I'm just saying I don't think we're going to be seeing her in any side stories at this point. No, I agree. I just think she's gonna. You're right. She's gonna be there with Master Chief. But for me, it's not going to have it's not going to have the significance that they want it to have because they've made me dislike her character because the story for her sucked so bad. Right. So what 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 they could do is exactly what you're saying, Mike, which is she disappears now because she her story is kind of, you know, set. So when Master Chief heads back to Madrigal with everybody, she can show the portal even though she still has to find the portal so i'm very worried they're going to do like 20 to 30 minutes trying to find the portal in the next two episodes and uh, unless we're lucky and she just finds it you know because time passed similar to soren landing back on the asteroid um and then when he gets there they can go through the portal and get to halo and maybe they'll have a little battle at halo where the, the aliens get there too but then they could do what They've done with like Jaja Binks or something like that, other unpopular characters, and move on because now her story is over because they don't need to use that portal anymore, and you know they they can write her out of the show and you know thank you Quan and and you know good luck. Well, you know how they um, have I don't know how they 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 do like the the screenings and whatnot, but you know. When they when they have uh, political debates like the presidential debate, and you got this group of people sitting in a room who, for some reason, still can't figure out who they want to vote for president, and they give them a dial during the debate, and they turn it all the way one way when they hear something they like, and hear it all the way the other way and they see something they don't like. I'm pretty sure I know which way the dials are going every time the Quan story comes up in this show. Yeah, 
and, and I have a feeling if they're paying attention at all to the demo, to the uh, reviews, if they pay attention to the the, the comments, I, I know I, I know that people who do the YouTube influencers and the pie, they're listening to them. They hear what's being said. Yep. There there will be a new showrunner for whatever reason. I don't know if these guys voluntarily left because you know much is always possible, um, or if they were fired or what. Um, but the new showrunner hopefully will look at the Quan story and go, either I know how to fix it, or um, we'll just cut or lose. And I'll bring up a good example is uh, Carol from The Walking Dead. Second season, people hated her character. Hated her. Because the whole story was about, um, for the first half of the second season, was finding what happened to her missing daughter, Sophia. And she was just whining, crying about, I miss my daughter, Sophia. And people couldn't stand her. They really turned that character around and to the point where yep. she is you know, one of the most, by far, one of the most popular characters on that show. And maybe they can do the same thing here. I mean, I don't think it's ever she's ever going to steal the spotlight from Master Chief. But make her a valuable part of the show. Make people care about her. Make people want to see her. I think the actress could probably do it. Um, you just have to write her good material. Yep. Or you're going to put her, or put her in the and put her in the box with Jar Jar and uh, you know, Rose from from uh, the Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker and you know where there's like okay we acknowledge you exist and that's where we're stopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they could do, do that, and that's that's what I'm thinking that that they're going to probably do. That's why they have a new showrunner for next season. Um, and again, I don't think it has anything to do with the the chief story uh it's probably he's like all right we we, we gotta rewrite this we gotta have everybody i mean the chief story people are liking it the reviews are good and whatnot so let's just focus on that and, and do the jaja binks on Quan and even maybe soren um the the, th- the thing is is that I, I i agree with you mike they these people even though you know we're peons and and uh, reviewers of reviewers, it's just one or two person. And then they do, uh, obviously they do, you know, audience viewings and they have people sign little cards and list. What did you think of this? Or what do you think of that? And, and you're right. They do listen to this stuff because, um, for example, me and Barrett, when we were doing the stand podcast, uh, don't tell me, I'll tell you the stand podcast based off of the CBS all access television series, the stand, which is Paramount plus, um, we we were reading um, reviews by this one reviewer each week, um, and then we talked to him offline. And this guy was big; he worked for like one of the big outlets. I forget which one, and he agreed to come on our podcast. And then I think what happened was is he didn't listen to our podcast and he heard that we were just ripping the show left and right. And he said, yeah, I better not come on because I don't want to get blacklisted by Paramount Plus. So I, I, I think, you know, you know, the reviewers are, and these people, all these folks, the, the, the Paramount Plus people, they, they're paying attention. Even, I mean, we, we mentioned, you actually mentioned it, Mike. I said, I don't know how these... Uh, people found our podcast and listened to it that you know made this movie or wrote this the the screenplay or whatever and you said that well you know that people are interested in hearing what other people are saying reviewers and fans and whatnot and obviously the smaller 
the production, the more apt they're going to find you because not as many reviews. But even nowadays with these bigger shows, there's just so many shows now that you know stuff like our Game of Thrones podcast or Westworld podcast were noticed, you know, noticed by Huntington Post. So they're listening. And so they, you know, there's a chance that they could find this podcast, and they're hearing what we're saying, just as they're reading Hollywood Reporter and what they're saying about right. Well, they're not. They're not. Let's be clear. They're not going to be listening. Oh my God! Did you hear what uh, Mike, Phil, and Barrett and Sean said? They're going to be looking at a plethora of these kind of podcasts, and it may not be ours. I'm not. I don't want to overinflate our importance. That's the exactly. But yeah. when you get a sense that there's a hundred Halo podcasts and eighty-five of them are complaining about. Um, about Quan, and only you know half of them are complaining it's because of her ethnicity. You know, and, you, know you might have a problem. Um, you know, there, like I said, there people have stupid reasons for hating characters, and you know, I usually say, oh, she's a woke character because you have a girl and she's Asian. This is not that. This is no. bad storytelling. Yeah, bad bits where I'd be. I would love a good Quan story. I, I don't. I would. I don't want the actress unemployed. I want them to figure out this character and do some awesome shit with it. Yep. They ain't doing it. Right. Yeah. And and, and to be honest, I don't want to um, um, even say that I, I want to see a great Quan storyline either. Well, kind of, I, I just don't want it. But again, it's 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 the problem is related to. Um, not Quan or Soren, because again, Soren's story was as horrible as Quan's was in this episode. The problem is, at least in my opinion, is it doesn't it it doesn't have a Master Chief Cortana or, or the aliens, and that's what we want. I want to see. Well, and here's an example that has you know she's she's fine as an actress, and I definitely would wouldn't want to hurt her career for this. The writers are doing her no favors, but like Ezra Miller in the stand, I thought his acting in that was terrible. And I like him. Well, I, I used to, there, like there's, him a, there's, a, there's a, there's going out on a limb uh, right now. But. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's, 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 he's kind of, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. But no, but, you mean, but here's, but, yeah, but even then an example, yeah. right. But even then it's like, well, because the director, the, the director didn't want him acting that way. Right, they would have fixed it. Right? They would have fixed right. it. They would have said, yep. "Don't do that." Ezra Miller was not such a big name, you know. He wasn't like coming on like, uh, oh, I don't know, Johnny Depp and Tusk, you know, where he's the he's he could pretty much do whatever he wanted. Right, uh, right, exactly. You know, although to be fair, Kevin Smith was totally on board with everything Johnny Depp was doing, but you know, he was not. He's not like uh, you know Jack Nicholson is prime, where he could say and do whatever he wanted, and you kind of had to suck up with it. Uh, if the director didn't want it, they wouldn't do it. Everything that's on screen most of the time that an actor does, you don't like the performance, the director signed off on it. The director liked it. The direct, That's what the director wanted. director said, I want it faster. Watchdory looked at the, Christopher Nolan, looked at Christian Bale and said, could you make your voice even growlier? Right? Yeah. And, and, and that's why you get... You know, get so dirty, get the heroes you deserve. You know, that's not um that's that's on the director. You know, the director yep. the actor tries things and the act the director picks and the editor picks what they think works best. Right. Yeah. Right. And and all right, what let's let's say whether the the storyline's woke or not, 
whatever. I agree. It, it probably isn't. But that's no, no. My point the is, point there's is, people. There will be people right, who make right. that argument, and there will be right. people yeah. who say you right. just don't like her because of that reason. No, right. yeah, that is absolutely nothing to do with it. Right, to do right, with right. It. right. There's going to be there's three types of reviews out there from the regular population, not necessarily Hollywood Reporter and Variety and all those places. There's the the people who just are looking at it and just saying it's a bad story. And then there's the ones that are saying, oh, it's, we hate it because it's woke. And then we have the ones that say, oh, we love it because it's because it's a, a young girl and Asian rather than a, a white Caucasian, you know, um, 80 year old. So are, are there a lot of the, and that we see a lot of those all three reviews for a lot of things. Yes, I haven't been paying attention to a lot of the Halo reviews. Are there a lot of either of those later latter two categories? Is there anybody saying they like the Quan story for any reason? No. <laughs> well then, well right. So when you when you can't even get the the I, I I review my movies based entirely on the ethnicity of the cast and the sexuality of the cast. If they're not with you on this, then 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 okay, you've 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 yeah. you've dropped the ball. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, now, um, what else are we, we, we do we want to talk about this episode as it? I guess moves the story to the climax of the next two episodes of the series or, or season, I should say. I have no idea how it's going to connect up. <laughs> That's the problem. Well, because at some point in the next two episodes, <laughs> Master Chief and the rest of the that happy gang uh, will drive the mystery machine over to Miranda, realizing they need to access the portal to get to the Halo, which is where the entire audience has been wanting them to go from the beginning and again this is also part of the problem of when you structure a story where the audience is ahead of you and admittedly you might be fresh to halo and have no idea what the halo is and okay so that's fine but the majority of the audience who's watching halo i think knows something about it they've been ahead of the audit you for the, the the writers for a long time they want you to take us to halo they want to see some ass kicking there they want the flood and I still have a very bad feeling either season eight, episode eight or episode nine will end with them stepping through the portal. And we'll be lucky if we get the, the, the shot of them standing there with their jaws dropped as go, whoa, look at this place. And then cut to credits and wait three years for season two. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm worried about. I'm, I'm hoping there's some sort of battle on the Halo, but you're right. Um, now, Robin Cook is a really good Arthur, uh, pretty much retired now because he's like 90 years old, if he's even still alive. Um, and I have a bunch of his books. And some of his books um, I've read – actually, I'll just say it was, it's really just the one. Oh, even James Patterson, to be honest. Um, I, I've, I've read some of their books, and they're not that good. Um, it's a rare exception. They're not good. But – it happens. And one of the examples I want to use with, with the Robin Cook one was is that, and I, I forget the title, but basically um, it's like an Indiana Jones thing. And they're doing these things uh, that are related to like, like poison and all this other stuff. And we already know the answer. And yet he's writing two to four chapters about having the two characters, the, the man and the woman, figure out exactly what we already know because the villain already said it in chapter you know, two. And it made me decide to move on to another Robin Cook book. And that one turned out to be much better because 
why do I want to spend four chapters or and fifty pages on stuff that I'm already way ahead of because he he let us know in chapter two when the villain said it. So, um, I, and, and you know, and I'm not saying that that's what's happened here because again, we don't even know what's going on here with the Quan and and all this other stuff. But it's you know, if you are if you play the first video game, and again, I haven't played it since 2002 or whenever it originally came out, but I remember by the end of the video game you're on Halo and you're fighting and not only you're fighting, but you meet the flood and you meet the, um, the little floating drones that, that um, work the Halo to, you know, keep it in repair and whatnot. And of course you're fighting all the, the, the aliens. And again, that Mike, you know, you just made Sean groan because you're saying season one is really only going to be half of the first game of Halo. Well, yeah, there's only there's only two episodes left. Yeah, so that's unfortunate. And how how far do you think they can go? And I yeah, and again, yeah. I, I say it like you. It's been a long time. I for some reason thought that we always were on the Halo in Halo. Yeah, um, I, I believe you're you're right actually. So I because I kind of think that the Halos were just these. Um, it was just the. Uh, like these artifacts, or an artifact, they're like out arts. there in the world. And then, it, then you find out that it's actually a uh, like a universe or a galaxy killer. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Right. And 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 that is obviously what you know people are going to find out that aren't familiar with the Halo universe. That when they get to the Halo, they're going to find this awesome arc and and world that that. It's pretty cool, and then they're gonna find out. Oh, it's actually a world killer or a galaxy killer, and we got to stop this. And again, we're and I'm, when I say we, we're, I'm talking about the fans of the Halo already are ahead of the characters. So, uh, yeah, I'm just looking yeah. it up right here. So the yeah. the original game, the game begins. As the crew discovers a large ring world structure of unknown origin. So it begins with that discovery. Now, I understand the reason why they're not starting with that, because that shit's going to cost money. Sure. Right. <laughs> and so we're, not, so we're not starting with it. You know, you know what? And could, could, could they have, they have just, you, I mean, again, as you see in the flashback of, or the flash forward or dream sequence of Halo in episode six. It looks just like a world, right? So, you know, like like um, Nebraska or, or or big sky country, Montana or something. So why couldn't they just debut that at the end of episode one and then just have the whole thing take place on the halo? Well, I mean, part of the problem, I think, because it just looks like Montana, so it's not that's not expensive. I think, I th like I said, I think a good part of it is budget, mm -hmm. um, and and the storytelling style right now is what they call decompressed storytelling, where you take one story that back in the day they they would tell in a very abbreviated format in forty four minutes of television, and now they take that one idea and they stretch it yeah. out to cover. 
you know, multiple episodes or a full season. And I'm not going to say whether that's inherently good or bad. It is just the way that it is. And that's a thing I remember. Um, Game of Thrones did that in a couple of uh, right. I, story I, arcs. I, I just remember in 1980, re- realizing that in 1986, um, John Byrne was uh, a comic book writer and artist, and he was kind of responsible for rebooting and modern and updating Superman. And in his he, and in his forward to one of his stories, he's writing how when he was a, a kid, there's a story where Superman is like saving a mermaid, and along the way he fights a sea monster, and then he flies off, and he realizes like if they're told that story today, they'd have like you know three issues exploring where did the sea monster come from, uh, you know what its motivations are. Where back then in you know, 1950-whatever, you just had to see a monster and, and you moved on. And that was just – well, the decompressed storytelling wasn't a big thing then. It's something I always kind of kept back in, my, back in my head, and I've seen that's what they've done. They've taken every little piece of a character's story or backstory and tried to flesh it out. We need the tale. We need the tale of how exactly did Master Chief end up with a gold visor? You know, or how did Han Solo get his name? All these little things that – Never needed a story, but now we all need a story for these things. And they slow everything down. And sometimes that works. Sometimes that works great. I, you know, I think Breaking Bad did a great job of you know, stretching stories out. Better Call Saul has done a great job telling its story in decompressed style. But when you're dealing with it, what's an action, an action genre like Halo, that's, that's not what people want. No. Right. Well, and, and that's the thing. Again, uh, as me and Sean said, we, you know they could have shrunk it to six episodes, but maybe they still could have done nine episodes, had all that extended stuff as as, as you mentioned, um, Mike, and then the last three episodes could have been straight um, Halo. Well, again, I think a lot of it's budget, and I yeah, don't know what yeah. the budget was for this show. Ninety million plus. So it's ten, which is ten million an episode. And then within that, you have to figure out how much of it actually ends up on screen, how much of that is just money that's straight up going to Microsoft to pay for the rights to Halo, which, by the way, may be why they're getting new showrunners, because the showrunners are not going to get the sort of money off of Halo as they will with a property that they develop themselves. Um, You know, if it's your if it's their own original product, so they may just have done Halo. Say, hey, look, we did Halo and got and, and pitched their own series to some other network. Uh, or a streaming service where they got paid a whole lot more money. Right. We, um, we don't, yeah, there's no information why they have new showrunners, whether it was because they weren't, the production company wasn't satisfied or if it was like you said, they just wanted to put something on a resume and now move on. We don't know. And Phil, the budget was over $200 million Okay. For Halo. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, uh, Special effects are pretty good, but uh, and you know if you say you let's say ten, so that's twenty million an episode. Uh, so similar to Game of Thrones and Stranger Things now, um, and probably even the Star Trek stuff and, and Star Wars stuff, but and Marvel stuff for that matter. But um, I think it's like you said, decompressing uh, stories, Mike. Right, that's the term you used. Yeah, it's it decompression. The idea is t- yeah. stretching a story out. You know what what you used to be able to tell in the case of comics, what you could tell in three panels now turns into a three issue story. Um, yeah, and, and and they do that to drag stories out. And, and in some case, I, I, and I've 
I mentioned earlier in the podcast, it's one of the things that killed uh, The Walking Dead was because they just stretched a story that was a few issues in the comic. It was like four issues in the comic, and they stretched into actually maybe about 12 issues of the comic, but it was fast paced into over two years of the show, two seasons. And right. that was just way too much. And they padded it. They padded it unnecessarily, which made it even worse. Right. So, and, and this is a show where people are tuning in. I, I don't want to, uh, uh, what do you call, uh, mischaracterize Halo fans, but I'm guessing since this is based on a first person shooter, that these are people who are kind of expecting a lot of action and you get one action scene as an episode. Sometimes you don't last episode had no action. Episode two had, had very little action. Well, um, they, they promised some serious action from the first episode too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to be honest, most critics, again, I'm not, we're not talking about the fans of the games, but most critics as well as us, Agreed that episode six was a pretty solid episode, and it didn't really have much action in it at all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? I mean, actually, not solid, but one of the better episodes. Right? I mean, it was a really good episode. Yeah. So, so, um. Anyway, yeah. Um. Let's see. Anything else that we wanted to add? Uh, things that we missed that someone wanted to bring up, Sean. I don't know if you had anything that you you felt you wanted to bring up. That uh, we've missed. Um, no, I'm just more, guys. What you've talked about, what Mike has really explained well. But I would just say, like, even as like a wrestling fan, like back in the late '90s, you know, wrestling was probably one of its highest peaks or whatever. And there was a Booker who his thing was just doing swerves, and it was just swerves for the sake of swerves. And it gets to a point where like people actually want to have a story and yes, you can have a nice surprise here and there, but if you're withholding information or you're, I don't know what, you know, like just doing a surprise just for the sake of doing to say that you could surprise people, like you piss people off and they'll look for another source. They'll look for another, like we're in a streaming service era, right? Where you can go and find all kinds of different stories. And it seems when you want to tell a tight story, you want to make it count and like with characters and storyline and all that kind of stuff. And it just seems, I'm not sure what they were trying to get to or what they're like, what the plan was, but it just seems like, I, I think I mentioned to you offline is that if I wasn't doing the podcast, I probably would have stopped the show. Interesting. I don't, yeah. I don't have faith <laughs> based on some of the side stuff that they're going to stay with the stuff that's supposed to be the draw. And again, that's just my perspective because again, I wasn't invested in Halo before the series, like we talked about, right? Like I played it a bit. My friends were really big Halo fans. I really was not a first person shooter person. So I didn't enjoy it as much. And then when you sent me that video that gave the actual background and back, you know, backstory and timeline and stuff, I'm like, this stuff is really interesting. So even for a person who wasn't a Halo fan per se, there's good stuff in what's being told in this timeline. Well, like, why don't we just go with that? 
And I know you can't do perfect, like you have to do, like Mike has brought up before, that, you know, you have to bring in dramatic stuff and it's not going to be perfect. Like it can't be just exactly like the game. There's always going to be uh, creative and dramatic changes or whatever, and that's understandable. But it's like, why would you go away from your bread and butter? Sure. Well, it reminds me of, um, I'm bringing up Kevin Smith again. Kevin Smith was originally going to be doing doing uh, a Superman film. Um, was going to do like Superman Returns, or he was, going to, he was writing the script for it. And John Peters, who had produced Batman, was producing the film. And his son had done like for a book report or, or a science report in school about spiders. And he liked his kids report so much. He insisted that he put a scene with a giant spider in it in the Superman movie, even though there was no place for the giant spider. He just insisted you put it in there. And, you know, that movie doesn't end up going. And then, you know, like two or three years later, Wild Wild West with Will Smith comes out. And when you know it, there's a giant spider in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was that was produced but there are all sorts of dumbass reasons and a lot of the creative types in hollywood they have to justify why they got put on the job and you don't get justified you don't justify your salary by saying i'm doing nothing you insist on having oh kwan kwan was all my idea you know i added that that's mine that was never in the source material the blessed one was mine isn't she wonderful Right. And so that they have something to point to to say, hey, I did that. And when you add nothing original, then people don't give you credit for anything. So it's just a, it's just a different mindset. And, they, and artists look at I was just reading an interview, which was hysterical, um, an interview that someone posted on Facebook with Orson Welles, in which he is ripping into Alfred Hitchcock. And he's talking about, you know, that new movie he did. One with Jimmy Stewart, where he's looking out the window. Oh my God, that was terrible. Um, <laughs> creative people will see their entertainment and see their stuff differently than the rest of us will. Just is, and and so they see something, and they they've never seen a story they don't think that they know how to fix. Right. Yeah, and 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 it's it's interesting because uh, the book. Godfather. I, I've read that book, and obviously I've seen the movie. I don't want to say how many times I've seen it. It's it's pretty yeah, disgusting. I'm with you on that too. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was missed a quote uh, in high school on that movie, um, and the, the, there were some changes they had to make from the book. You know, the book had uh, t- not only Johnny Fontaine, but they had a second character. That jo- that Johnny Fontaine screwed over. That was going to be a star, and so he has to help that guy become a star too. And of course, that expands Johnny Fontaine's story completely. And then there's another consigliere, uh, an Italian, who pa- passes and is on his deathbed. And then Tom Hagen is chosen um, later in the book to become the new consigliere. And of course, they changed that in the in the movie as well, where they just have Tom Hagen. And so, you know, you you do certain things, but they they have this source material, a really, really good source material, and they stuck with it pretty pretty damn good. And the movie, you could argue, is even better than a book. And a lot of folks say that. Right. There, I was going to say there's a difference that The Godfather is not known as one of the greatest novels ever written, where The Godfather is considered one of, if not the greatest movie ever made, so or pair of movies ever made. So a lot of people say the things they took out of the book 
made the movie better. Same as taking out the affair story from Jaws made the film a lot better than watching right. Matt Hooper bang Sheriff Brody's wife. Yeah, and 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 then yeah, uh, I didn't no, know that was in the book. That right. sucks. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, no, no country for old men. There's a whole scene where Llewellyn uh, picks up this this like 17 year old runaway chick, and she's his his companion for like a damn good portion of the book, and companion as in friendly, not not sexually, and even though she propositions him. And when he gets wiped, killed in the book, he gets killed with the girl. And so there's a, a secondary story, which is, was he having an affair? Oh, my gosh. You know, so it wasn't, it wasn't just running away with the money to hide and save his wife. It was also, was he having an affair and all that? And that wasn't the case. He was just, you know, he was a, a loner traveling and, the, and he, this girl was a loner, too. So he, he was helping her out. And they cut all that out in the movie and you could argue again, that book is even more highly regarded than the Jaws book or the Godfather book because it's by, you know, comic, whatever his name is. Um, but the the movie is, is so much better than the book, you know, mystic river is another one, the, right. the, the movie so much better than the book. And, and yet all those source materials are still there. And they follow it pretty pretty solidly, even with these major changes in Mystic River and and the mist. You know, yeah, I was going to say the, the, the mist is changing. like one of the best. It improves the story so much because they change. Like one of the things Darabont changed in the mist, right? Was change was not having the affair. Yeah, that's true right? too. You get rid of the affair. Yeah, or oh, the one nighter, the one nighter, or whatever it was. Whatever yeah. it was, but right, like where it, yeah. so it it takes that out. So you the care the main characters then are much more empathetic. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I I did like how one thing I didn't like them changing was they took out the the real the real leader of the good guys who gets wiped out at the drugstore, and then our lead character has to become the the leader after the fact by default. Yeah. Um, and that part that was the only part in the book that I missed in the movie, but otherwise the movie was was better, absolutely. Right. Um, and is anybody other than Kevin Spacey and Jeffrey Jones complaining about the, the fact that they don't have the uh, gangbang scene and at the end of it? Right. Right. Among, among, <laughs> among, 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 <laughs> I get the joke now, Mike. Oh, that's terrible. But yes, yeah, that that's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So you know this. Uh, it's, it's yeah. I don't, know. I, I don't you know. I mean, I don't know what we're getting at, but I think folks who are listening understand what we're trying to get at, which is there's a pretty solid basis in Halo, um, and you can you can create other things. And we made a joke. I don't know if it was before we started recording or after, but I think it was before where we talked about August nineteenth. The HBO Game of Thrones series is coming out. And Mike, you mentioned there was an actor, uh, Matt Smith. Matt I think Smith. Yeah. Um, and everything that he's been in, except for Doctor Who, has always, unfortunately, gotten bad reviews. So you made a joke that, uh-oh, we may have to worry about Game of Thrones. And then and I think it was you, Barrett, or it was you, Sean. I think it was you, Sean. I said, yeah, but we don't have to worry that much because even though it's in the same universe, it's still fan fiction. Right. Yeah, I, I called it fan fiction. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was you because it, it's not written by you know George R. R. Martin. You know, it's written but, by. But he's involved in it though heavily. Yeah, it's still fan fiction. 
Yeah, no, but it, <laughs> did did he ever finish the book? He's never. Oh, finished the well, book. Yeah. well, you know what? It, I think, <laughs> and I'm not 100 percent sure, but this new series is based off of his his uh, encyclopedia slash. The encyc- yeah, that's what he talked about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it could be legit and not true fan fiction, um, because I know he's he focused on that because he was more interested in the universe than finishing. The, the actual story. Of I think the he's more story. interested in money right now than the actual story. Well, maybe, maybe, but yeah. I'll also, but I'll also point out um, the best Star Wars in the last thirty-five years. Rogue One was Rogue was, One was the Mandalorian, and that's fan fiction. George Lucas had nothing to do with that. Yeah, well, yeah, sure. Right, that's or yep. or maybe Knights of the Old Republic, the first video game. Uh, yes. Not the first video, the first Knights of the Old Republic video game. It was a fantastic story. Again, George Lucas had very little to do with that. Um, yeah. You know, it's it, it depends. I mean, you you have these things. Sometimes fan fiction works, and sometimes it doesn't. The yeah. new um, the news. You know what? The new Star Trek series. I've only seen the first episode, um, but it is fan fiction, right? You've got young Spock, young Uhura. Um, you know, you've got uh, Bengo, who is the actually the first Doctor on the Enterprise in the, in the original series before they brought in McCoy in episode like three. Um, you know, because it's all telling what happened before Kirk came on board the Enterprise with Captain Pike. You could argue that's all fan fiction, but because it's telling focus stories, one story per episode, it's getting much more positive reviews than I think the last couple of Trek series have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, that's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, in the same universe, but written by different folk, doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. I mean, no, you know, you and that, that, up, and that I'm alien, not right? saying. I'm definitely not saying that. But like right. the end of Game of Thrones series, I would say was less strong because it took all the beginning stuff from his stories, and then the end had not been written yet. No matter what his involvement, it didn't really mesh as well as it should have so well you know even even alien right the first alien you know that's dan o'bannon he's a writer and james cameron comes in and makes aliens you know and that quote unquote is fan fiction because none of that was part of dan o'bannon uh, it was based on but, characters but, and the universe of Dan O'Bannon, right but we but we we covered alien in an episode and we talked about <laughs> the backstory to alien and right. how that movie uh, in a lot of ways, and yeah, there was tremendous talent behind it, but yep. in a lot of ways, that movie was an accidental classic because the stuff that they were originally th- thinking of doing um, could have been really bad, uh, like having the alien talk at the end. Oh, God. Yeah, right, right. They they kept it being more <laughs> of an animal than than, than a uh, uh, intelligent, intelligent being. Yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. Glad yeah. to hear that. Or, or, or even, <laughs> even a... Uh, a mimic or something like that too. Um, so yeah, so, you know, it is, it is, uh, what it is. And again, when I, I know Sean said, you know, he may not have been, he may have shut off this series if he wasn't doing the podcast. Um, you know, I've said that many times about, you know, uh, the Stan podcast, the Lovecraft country podcast, the nevers podcast, uh, the American Gods podcast. <laughs> so there's been a lot of them that Phil, I have. Phil has a terrible track record because a lot of times he goes into a show yeah, yeah. actually not knowing what it's about just based on like the title or because of the buzz and then yeah. finds out it's the kind of thing that he absolutely hates. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. And and yeah. You know, hey. be, and because he allowed Eric to brainwash him into hating trailers, he refuses to find out what the show's about before. <laughs> well, and I have to say, I actually would have watched this even, you know, with yeah. the plan stuff. So yeah, I, that's what I was going to get at. Barrett, I generally was, like it. That's what I was going to get at, Barrett. Is that the the, the Master Chief stuff? Even though it's not necessarily uh, directly related 100% to the video game, the Master Chief stuff is still interesting enough that um, I enjoy the show and and would not have hung hung up on the show um, just because of the Quan story because the other part was good enough. I felt. Well, I, yeah, was, and her story was minor up until now, anyway. So that's why where they put it was kind of masterful because. And now I'm in already. You know, I'm not going to jump out now. I want to see the end. <laughs> right. See, this is this is the kind of show um, I, I would have had an interest in if I didn't already subscribe to, to Paramount Plus. Though I would not have subscribed to watch it. Um, unlike, say, the Disney Channel, which I subscribed to the Disney Channel just so I could get the Star Wars and Marvel shows. Hmm. Um, it, you know, I, I like I didn't subscribe to Showtime just to get the last season of Dexter. I'm perfectly content to wait until, uh, which actually I think That's it is fine. now available on streaming and other places to rent. Oh, it'll probably be on Paramount soon enough too, right? Because it's I would I Paramount. would guess. Yeah, you would think because they're owned by the same company. But anyway, continue. Mike. So yeah, so and then when I would start watching it, this isn't like I, I binged through the first uh, three seasons of You over the over last summer, or mm-hmm. actually it was over Christmas, I think. Okay. Um, that that I thought was really gripping and compelling. I, I don't know that I would have done that here. I think it would have been more of a, ah, I'll watch it when I get to it. Um, and I'll be perfectly fine with it in that light. So, yeah, I, I think I think the show isn't bad, but it isn't that, oh, my God, I've got to find out what happens next. Yeah, it, it has. It's 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 good enough. But it's yeah, you're right. It's it's not the video game. You know, the video game is, is compelling. It's com- crazy. And. This here could get that way, but at the moment, it's it hasn't cut there yet. Yeah, where I thought like the second season of American Gods was a train wreck, I thought American Gods, for whatever good it had, was a narrative mess. Um, even though there was a lot of merit to some of the episodes and some things in certain episodes and certain performances, uh, the, the 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 overall vision of the show was was a disaster. Um, in my opinion, um, the showrunner just didn't know how to pull it all together. But and I, those are shows I would have given up on if we weren't doing a podcast. I, I would not say I would be in that place with um, with Halo. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. So um... anyway, boy, this has been a really sucky episode. We're yeah. Sorry if you've listened to the whole thing. <laughs> because yeah. there, look, there was nothing great about just whining, and that kind of feels like what we're doing. Um, well, the good—I thought the effects were good, and I liked the final fight scene. Scene, however unbelievable it was to me that those two took out a, a basically a platoon <laughs> or company. I'm not sure. There were a lot of guys they killed. Yeah. Well, I mean, fairness—that's that's the whole point of being a Spartan, right? And we've established yeah, yeah. he's a Spartan. So Spartans can do that shit. Yep. Yep. Um, 
Uh, yeah, but yeah, and that's the thing is that you know next week I'm assuming they're going to go straight back to Cortana and and Master Chief and all the characters over there, and we're probably going to be happy and 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 excited and and talk about some some good stuff, you know. So unfortunately, that's what I'm expecting. Yeah, so unfortunately, we just got a, a lemon in episode seven, um, and again, it's not just us. I mean, you you Google um, review Halo episode seven inheritance, and you'll see that huge media conglomerates that are owned by all the big companies that, you know, whether, whether it's the Washington Post or the New York Post or the Miami Herald or Boston Globe, you know, on and on and on, never mind Hollywood Reporter, Rolling Stone, you know, on and on and on, they all ripped this completely, this episode. So in the Anquan and Soren storyline, not, not, not even the episode, the storyline. So it's not just us. So we apologize that we're doing, we, you know, we're, we're saying basically uh, aping what other mainstream critics have have been saying too. So we're not, we're not alone. That's all I'm trying to say. We're, we're not just being dinks in a sense. Um, all right. So uh, I guess we can probably wrap up our discussion on this episode here. Cause again, we really more talked about the problems rather than, what the story was was about um but again uh, you know it, it makes sense um there, there was really not much to really talk about we, we we hit the high points like the the woman in the desert with the white hair and and you know being people of color and they're very specific and then we, we talked about the missing uh assassin that was there just a couple episodes ago and you know on and on and on so we, we we talked about it all so i guess we can get into our final thoughts on episode so uh let's let's uh start with you barrett i was not happy with this episode um there's very little that i thought was worthwhile um and i'm i'm expecting next week to get back to the main story i don't know how they're going to fit the quan storyline into it but i i can see there's a connection they want to make uh and i hope they at least do that well all right sounds good uh yeah for me um yeah i i do hope they uh focus on uh our favorite characters and the real reason why we're we're, we're tuning into halo uh going forward i assume they're going to um obviously as mike said there's only two episodes left so left so there's not going to be able to have a lot of focus on the halo itself uh, because it appears that most of the halo itself will be season two which in these day and ages means you know uh 18 to 24 months instead of you know one year later um so we're gonna have to you know sit back and wait for a while but uh uh, I'm looking forward to the next couple of episodes because I, I believe the penultimate and the, the finale of season one are going to be a lot of Master Chief, Cortana stuff, and, and maybe even Alien stuff, so um, or Covenant stuff. So I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, but yeah, this this episode was don't get your hopes up. Yeah, exactly. That's the, <laughs> you, you can't get your hopes up. But this episode, unfortunately, was a misstep. Um, and as Barrett said, I, I guess it was good. It was 
to have it as episode seven because at least uh, we were able to get some really good episodes of Master Chief prior and not be like, I guess what you said, John, which is, well, I'm not really invested in the show anyway, so I guess I'll stop. So, yeah. Uh, let's go with you, uh, Mike. Yeah, the weakest episode by far, largely because it is an un- it's, it's a culmination of a story we don't care about. It's got characters with uh, vague motivation, or in the case of Soren, uh, things that don't seem to fit in the universe, the rest of the universe that they've crafted. They are clearly cheating off the, the Frank Herbert sitting next to them um, in class. It's just... Yeah, I'm, I'm glad this part of the story, or I'm hoping this part of the story is over and we can just move the fuck on because I'm tired of complaining about this. Indeed. Uh, Sean Fox. Uh, so I know I came off super negative and I apologize because it wasn't what I was intending to do. Uh, I want the series to be successful. I want it to be good episodes because my hope is that if you do this well that if there's another game series or something that comes along that you can get people to have faith and put the effort in and make that good as well um this episode was the worst of the season for sure um as i say like i i I hope that you guys are right and next week we'll get back on track and you know we'll be i'll be reminded like the stuff that was really awesome that you're looking forward to and you're wanting to get closer to in regards to Halo and all that, and hopefully the flood sometime. Um, this episode was anything but that. All right. Sounds good. Uh, so uh, once again, um, this episode was called inheritance. Um, it's episode seven. Uh, next week is the penultimate penultimate episode, which is called Allegiance, and that will be released on May 12th, 2022, which is a Thursday. Uh, Due to uh, some conflicts, we are going to record our episode of Allegiance on the 16th, and we'll release it on the 17th. So start looking for the next episode of the Halo podcast, Cortana's Communiques, to be released on the 17th of may um so that's pretty much what we have there we do have an email again so dark discussions at aol.com or go to darkdiscussions.com and click the contact us link on the menu and put cortana or halo or something like that in the subject and we will read your emails on the podcast so with all that stated mike why don't you do this out well, we're sorry you listened to this episode of Cortana's uh, Communiques and watched that episode of Halo. Uh, although, if you liked it, if you disagree, please feel free to set us right by sending us an email. Again, feedback is important. We're here to talk, to talk and, and amongst ourselves for our own entertainment, but we do kind of want to keep you on board as well. So we're sorry if it was two hours of negativity. I don't know how long Phil's going to edit this down to, maybe 15 minutes, but it has been almost <laughs> two hours since we started. So... Uh, and we've kind of ventured far afield off the same basic themes, but hopefully next week is going to be much, much better. And if not, well, there's only two more episodes to go. So thank you once again for listening to Cortana's Communiques, and we hope to hear from you next week.